really glad to be here today. The um, the Lord is in the in the midst of the assembly. He's He's we've come to gather with Him, but the greater part is that He's come to be with us. <laughs> he's He's with us. We are fellowshipping with Him in the Spirit today. Today we're going to speak some about the the gospel of Christ. In Romans 1, 16, 17, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The gospel. Now this is a um, time of discussion and I invite the brethren. See, you already know about this topic. <laughs> You've already experienced this topic. The gospel. There was, came a time when someone came and preached the gospel to you. And what happened? You responded in faith, right? You believed. Of course now, it's it's when you get up into the heavens, you see... It was a lot more complicated than what we thought. God was involved in this. God was doing the work. Mr. Junior, is there something we should pray about this morning? Well, we were late because the chairlift is stuck at the bottom of the stairs. And we could not get given out of the house. Okay, well, I just want, if it was something wrong. As far as as health goes, he's he's fine. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm thankful that he's okay. He hasn't fallen or anything. The Lord's, the Lord's with him. <clears throat> now, the gospel is a good message, right? The definition of the gospel, as far as man goes, is a good message. That is the good news, the gospel. But see, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. That's the definition of the gospel. It's the power. In other words, through a message... God is bringing many sons to glory. And who would have thought? But see, God put it in a message. In other words, the Word became flesh and both among us, right? The Word was with God and was God, came down. He actually laid aside a lot of divine prerogatives. For He could come and be made in the likeness of, of men in order that He might save men. And what did He go to? What did He do? He went about preaching the gospel. Brother David. People focus on other things like uh, when, of course, when Jesus was on earth, he did lots of miracles. Mm -hmm. He took a few loaves of bread and some fish and multiplied it and fed 5,000 people. And they focus on miracles like healing or uh, physical things that mm -hmm. Jesus, and of course, that requires the power of God. He, mm -hmm. And he said that. But the true power of God is the gospel. That's right. That's right. It's the power of God unto salvation. So in other words, if you believe this message, it will save you. See, he, 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 this is a, a record of what God has done in His Son. Now not, I know this doesn't shock anybody, but not all preaching is gospel preaching. A lot of preaching is just for the people. It's for the, put the people make it up, makes them feel better. They, they get up and they say a sermon, but... It really has nothing to do with God or with Christ or what He's done in salvation. It's just a feel good, make everybody happy. This is not the gospel. The gospel doesn't do this. Now, the gospel can make you happy, but see, it's going to have to, um, it's going to hurt before it feels happy. You're going to have to give up living in the flesh. You're going to have to crucify the flesh, right? You're going to have to die with Christ. And you start saying things like this and, some people are like, wait a minute, that's like way too negative. This isn't what we want to focus on. Well, then you can't be saved. Unless you are in Christ, you can't be saved. And how do you get in Christ? Well, you have to be baptized into his death in order you might be raised to walk in newness of life. If this doesn't sound good to a person, well, then it's really on dangerous ground. Because this is the way God's chosen to save those who believe. Now, some messages may sound really good on the outside. Now, you know, I think I've probably talked about this a lot 
But I'm just going to really just simplify it. What if your whole message, the whole volume of your message is that God loves you just the way you are? Well, one, it, it, it actually defies the scripture. The, the scripture, not only does God ever teach that, because it didn't come from God. That didn't come from God. If that were true, then why do you have to crucify the flesh? Now, wait a minute. If God could just love you just the way you are, then why do we have to do anything? And if you take it to its ultimate conclusion, if God could just love even one person just as they were, we wouldn't need a Savior. Christ would have never had to come and lay down his life for us. But see, the problem is is that because of this situation with Adam, Adam sinned and brought in condemnation. Now, see, we were born, we're born with this nature, this antithetical to God. It doesn't want to obey God. It won't obey God. You have to force it. See, you know, as, as I can remember growing up and thinking, why, why are so many churches? You see, it seems like Christ only has one church. And yet, you drive down the road, and there's the Methodist church. I would hear my mom talk about. She goes to the Pentecostal church, and she went to the Methodist church, and she she went to all these churches, trying to find God, trying to find what is this all about. She was raised mostly Pentecostal, but they were sometimes Baptists. It all depends where they went. Why are there so many churches? Because the devil has done this. See, this is like a delusion that he's poured out. It's like a flood. And, well, you'll be hard-pressed. Unless you're seriously seeking the Lord with all your heart, he, he'll, he'll obviously lead a person to, to, to find this truth. But see, there, the devil, has, he's not sitting by just waiting He's not. The devil's not doing that. Some servants sermons may lead the, the hearers to actually think. Now, I, I've actually heard these sermons, some of them online, that let us sin that grace may abound. Now, they don't say those words. They don't say, well, let's just go out and sin because God loves us just the way we are. That isn't what they say. It's the tenor of their sermon. Their message is everything's okay. It's all right. Well, see, the thing is, is that it's not all right. Yes, Brother. In the book of Romans, uh, later, the verse you read in Romans 1.16, the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. Well, in the book of Revelation, uh, Romans, Paul goes through and lays out that nobody is righteous. Yes, that's right. For example, in Romans Amen. 3, 9 and 10, What then? Are we better than they? Speaking better than the Jews who had the law? No, in no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. That's right. It is written, there is none righteous. No, no. No, not one. Amen. And Jesus had to die to take away sin. That's right. Before you could come to God. Mm -hmm. And you can't just come to God without, without Christ, apart from Christ. Amen. Amen. Sister Drew. In the time in which we live is, I think, particularly perilous in that when you tell people, or if they're they're told by anybody, mm -hmm. that they're sinners, mm -hmm. and that God won't accept them as a sinner, yeah, I, uh, uh, a lot of people are like Pharaoh. Well, who's God? That's right. Yeah. If there's a God, who is He? Mm -hmm. Why should I? What do I owe Him? Mm -hmm. Why do I need to? I don't care if I'm righteous. Let Him mind His business, and I'll mind mine. Yeah. There's no heaven. There's no hell. Mm -hmm. There's there's just right now. This is the mindset. That's right. That's right. So when you start and say, all have sinned, mm -hmm. they don't even understand what salvation is or what sin is or That's who right. God is. Mm -hmm. It's like starting in the middle of something. Yes. At least these people had a consciousness mm -hmm. that there was a God. Yes. And that they understood what it meant. That mm -hmm. if, if they're God, mm -hmm. then they're over everything they're God of. Uh -huh. And everybody owes them an answer. Mm -hmm. And it, it just, it's a different thing. Um, it says, he that comes to God must believe that yes, he is. is yeah. 
and that he's a rewarder. Mm -hmm. Now see, there's where it starts. You believe God is, you believe who he is, you believe his holiness, his righteousness, his forwardness to do good. People say that's that's too simple, the gospel's too simple. You just believe and you're baptized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't even say all that. Yeah. But we should rejoice in the mercy of God that he gave us something doable. Yes, amen. The law wasn't doable. Yeah. It was the means by which he could justly impute to us his righteousness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he could justly remove our sin. Mm -hmm. Now, if it's not done that way, then you're outside of the stream of what God has done. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it, with outside of the gospel, again, mm -hmm. the gospel is that that stream, if you will, mm -hmm. of knowledge mm -hmm. to apprehend the power that is toward us who will believe. Amen. And Jesus said his his words were spirit and life. So mm -hmm. these are not just words. These have words with transforming power. Mm -hmm. That's right. Amen. 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 Now the some think we should never preach on topics that make people feel bad. So we need to rethink that. I mean that you what you realize what you're making everybody out there feel inadequate. But the problem is is that they are inadequate in and of ourselves. We can't save ourselves. We were born antithetical. The nature we had when we were born of Adam, antithetical to God. It's against God. It's actively working. If you don't believe it, just look at children. They're not like malicious. It's their nature coming out. But David? In, uh, in Acts chapter 17, when Paul was at Mars Hill, yes, and this that's is right. in Athens, uh -huh. and he had a a mountain outside of town that was yes. covered with idol temples and uh -huh. statues and right. uh, and he looked around and saw this and he basically insulted them. Mm -hmm. Acts 17.22, Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. Yes. As do with her. Superstition is a fear of devils. You're afraid of something, so you do something, so you won't get a, uh, something bad won't happen to you. Like, yeah. any kind of things in the flesh that people do. But he saw that they were too superstitious. He didn't commend them for all this idolatry. That's he right. pointed out the fact that they were living in fear all the time. Amen. And yes. then he pointed them to the true God. Amen. You know, the people's personal morality... Well, see, that that's that could be whatever you want it to be, right? But whatever you think is wrong, as long as you don't, you know, and I think a lot of people think this way, and even in the church, as long as I, I, I don't do what I, I think is wrong. But the other stuff, as long as I approve of it, well, God is okay with that. But see, that's not that's not the gospel. The gospel is not, that is the message, we were dead in transgressions and sins. We were dead unto God. Now, how are you going to rescue somebody like that that's dead? Well, you're going to have to have someone who has life. He, he's going to have to give you life. But see, as long as as long as long men just operate under their personal morality. See, really, there is no other morality, mor morality other than God. See, God sets the standard for all morality. Now, but see, if you don't know God, then you're you're left to just to live down here and try to do the best you can do. But see, the problem is, uh, history will show, just show you. Just look all the way back from, from the flood. Look what happened in those just a few few thousand years. Then you got this flood. Why? Because it had become so wicked. If God should just pull back, you ever wonder, what if God just pulled back and didn't do anything? What would happen? Well, we know what would happen. He showed us what would happen. The earth would be so corrupt, there would be no good anywhere. But see, so in Christ, God's bringing us out of this environment into another environment, and that's why it's such good news. He'll, he, God made a way that He could forgive your sin. Although, like, Sister Doom brought this up, but this is somewhere in here, that the law, see, God was showing us something, teaching us something with the law. People say, well, I can do it. That's what they said. Remember, to put it down that we'll do whatever you say. Well, just give it a shot. 
A person wants to think they can work out their own salvation, independent from God, just follow some rules, give it a shot. You won't go a day without without going against something that you said you would do earlier in the day. I won't ever do this. It's going to happen. You're going to fall short because we have a nature that's against God and God's law was about God. It was all about Him, yes? At the time of the giving of the law, that's really all the people were equipped to receive. Mm -hmm. If He had given them the requirements of the new covenant, they wouldn't have had the wherewithal to accomplish it at all, even externally. That's right. It's a... It's a larger, deeper, richer, mm-hmm. more comprehensive covenant. Yes. But you'll notice the law mentality. First off, it's a burden. Uh-huh. I've lived under it whenever I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And it was always a burden. Not because I was doing a bunch of stuff that mm-hmm. people would have said, mm-hmm. oh, look at there what she's doing. Because I didn't feel close to God under it. Mm-hmm. That's the part it's deficient in. Salvation has to do with God bringing us to Himself. Amen. That's where David excelled. Mm -hmm. He thought about the Lord, not just, am I crossing all the T's and dotting Mm -hmm. all the I's? I'm just keeping His wrath (coughs) off of me. No, he wanted to press in and know the Lord. Yes. He wanted to please the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's the nature of the new covenant. Amen. Yeah, the the old is fulfilled in Mm -hmm. Christ. Yeah. And we do, according to the new nature, Mm -hmm. the new nature does naturally things uh, that are contained in the law. Mm -hmm. But the law can't raise us up past a, now you better make sure you get this done and you better do that. Mm -hmm. When it came to the matters of the heart, Mm -hmm. what power did the law have? Mm -hmm. Even when they were commanded, to love the Lord with all right. your heart and right. all your mind and all your soul mm-hmm. and all your strength. What what power did it have to do yeah. that? Well, but yeah. now we have power to yeah. do that right. by grace. See, under the law, we, we you had a people that were ungodly. They, see, they he, the law was was holy and just and righteous, but it was given to people. Who, who, to, it, and it never was intended to save anybody. It was intended to show them if they see if you were serious and you went about, I'm going to keep the law, which is what you had to do. There was no way out of this. The law was given by God in the hands of a mediator and it had to be kept. Well, they didn't keep it. So see, it was a testimony that they, they weren't like God. Now, and, and look at this. Jesus comes along and, and, and he keeps the law perfectly, yes. keeps it. Yes. So see, there wasn't anything wrong with the law. There was something wrong with the people. And so it was their nature. Now, so Jesus kept the law. Now, he didn't keep the law in our place. Some people teach that. that Jesus kept the law in our place and now we're accepted. No, that we're not saved by law. We're saved by Christ himself. He died. He's the law. He kept the law. He made it honorable, right? And and because of that, he was an acceptable sacrifice. He was a pure lamb. He did everything that his father told him to do. Now he could be a sacrifice for us in order that we could be delivered, right? Sister June? Yeah. The the there's the spirit of the law. Yes. Now it was given to a carnal people. And they, the the carnal part of it, some of them came, you know, we would we would think of them as coming pretty close, Daniel and mm-hmm. and uh, Paul before mm-hmm. his conversion. And yes, that they were. We could name others, but there were people who were very devout in keeping the law. Mm-hmm. But the spirit of the law, that's what Jesus fulfilled. That's why he would say things like, "Ye have heard it said." Mm-hmm. Thou shalt, you know this, but I say unto you. Mm-hmm. See, he went. He took the the what was said and the spirit of what was said, mm-hmm. and fulfilled it. He made it honorable in that it was it was completely accomplished according to the 
the character and nature of God. Mm -hmm. There was nothing lacking in it, mm -hmm. in Him to Godward. Right. There were many. You you would just run through it, and you'll think of quite a few instances where, whenever Jesus addressed something, mm -hmm. it had to do more with what the law intended, mm -hmm. as well as what was said. Yes. Like you honor your mother and your father. Mm -hmm. Well, you make void the law with your traditions. That's right. They would have said, I kept the law perfectly. Yeah. But they violated the spirit of the mm -hmm. law. Mm -hmm. That's right. Now, see, the. I'm going to go straight to uh, page three because we're, I don't want to. I, I want to get to this. This is important. Now, Jesus never spoke one word, not one word that wasn't directed by God. See, he said, the words that I speak in you, they're not my own. His Father gave him to speak these things. Why? Because what Jesus was here to do was to save the lost. There couldn't he couldn't make one, even one little bitty mistake, and he had to be absolutely perfect. And so Jesus, he only spoke the words that his Father gave him to speak. Why? Because this was the message that would eventually be used to save people. See, Jesus. Proved himself. He proved that you could keep the law. The law wasn't like too hard. I've actually heard people say this. Well, that's just too hard. No, it's not. It's not too hard at all. Jesus, lit, he lived out the law. Jesus didn't get up in the morning and say, oh, we got to do number two now. Oh, I've got to work on number two. No. See, Jesus, from, from all the law, was actually, I remember years ago, it just hit me. And I'm not saying that this is exactly what happened, but this is the way it impressed me that the law actually reflected the person of Christ. Instead of thou shalt, Jesus does love God with all his heart and all his mind and all his strength. This was him. It was a picture of who was going to come. The one that God approved of because he was God. See, that, that's why I could do it. Yes. That's actually... If we've been put into Christ, He wrote the law in our hearts, and that's a picture of us too. We want to love God. That's right. Amen. And that's the new. See, the new creature is made in His image. That's why we're accepted. Now, this is what it says in John three thirty four: For He whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto Him. The Father loveth the Son and hath given all things in His hand. He that believeth on the Son. Now, see, this is this is really where the gospel message. This is really where salvation takes place. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. And this is the line of demarcation. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the Living God? Because if you do, you the gospel did its work. The gospel message provokes this kind of response. And we have many instances in the scripture where someone stood up, preached the gospel, preached what God did in Christ and taking away sin, and the people responded in faith, and it says they were added to the church. This was it. They preached Christ, and what he accomplished? Well, see, now that sounds too simple to some. They say, well, wait a minute. Now we've got to get in. Preach Christ. That's actually going to be the most involved message you've ever, you're ever going to preach. Because it starts out, it just sounds simple. But as he writes his law in your heart, and as you start walking with Jesus and living with Jesus, it touches every aspect of your life. It does. It is life. Most believers could receive... Now, I, I, I thought about this now. It says here, He that believeth... All right, it will get everlasting life. Well, that isn't where it ends, though, is it? It says something that could be interpreted by some as being very negative. But he shall, but he that believeth not, the wrath of God abideth on him. Now, see, now this is this is very harsh. So you, now you're one one verse. You're saying that God's merciful and kind, and now you're saying He's a wrathful God. But yes, that's that's true. That is true. If you reject Christ, the wrath of God abides on you. It's the way it is. And it's because we're coming into the presence of the real God. The real God who loves righteousness 
and hates iniquity. See, God doesn't... Well, God is love. Yeah, but that isn't all He is. He's righteous and He's just. And there are some things He hates. So we don't want to be in the category of something that God hates. Because, see, we won't be absolved just because we say, well, yeah, but 20 years ago, I got baptized. Well, see, salvation is saving us. And if it's not, somewhere along the line, we've stepped out. We've actually omitted ourselves. It's the Spirit that quickeneth, right? The Spirit is the one, actually, that God has used. Remember, He said, I won't leave you alone. I'll come to you. He sent us the Comforter. Now, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, is what it says. It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And another place it says he would send the spirit so that we could understand. See, the spirit would open up to them everything that Jesus taught the apostles. And then they would go out teaching. <laughs> teaching, They would know what Christ had meant by the things that he said. Now, there were some instances where, you know, this is real. There were some instances where Jesus couldn't say anything good about what was going on. And it wasn't that he was being negative. Jesus was exposing what was really going on. He was exposing things as they really were. He said, oh, generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? But see, the Pharisees had, had gotten so involved in themselves and their position and, and, and their, that they had forgotten God. God wasn't really in their life at all. They were whitewashed up because they looked good on the outside. But really, in their heart, they were living a life antithetical to God. Yes, brother? Else, they appear like they were the most holy people around. Yes. But Jesus looked on the inside and saw their heart was corrupt. And That's right. Here Jesus was. The one that they were saying they were representing. They said they represented God. And here He is standing in front of them doing all the right works. They couldn't lay any sin to His charge. They had to trump up charges. But see, He's standing right there and the very fact that they couldn't see, that they, it proved that they were whitewashed up. There was nothing in them that was really serving God. Yes. To those that profess that they're followers of Christ and mm -hmm. are not. Yeah. They uh, those that that fall away. You mentioned those that think they're going to go to the judgment and then say, "Well, back then." Mm -hmm. They're actually adding to their guilt. Yes, that's right. They would it'd be better off if mm -hmm. they never believed. Yes. And to to uh, turn and and dishonor to reproach. Mm -hmm. To hold Jesus up to crucifixion mm -hmm. again in their own life, Amen. And these these Pharisees, remember Jesus addressed them too, mm -hmm. saying, you know, that they they say this and they say that, right? And then he condemned them because they weren't. Yes, Amen, Amen. Now, all true gospel preaching is produced by and through fellowship with Jesus. See. Uh, in other words, as you walk with the Lord, as you fellowship with Him, and of course, that's not like something ethereal. It's like, well, I walked with you, I went out <laughs> in the woods, and I walked with Well, there's nothing, I don't have anything against the woods. But he's talking about this book right here. These words that the Holy Spirit has given us. As you imbibe these and live for Christ, He'll open these up to you. You'll be able to understand this is what the Holy Spirit said. This is what Jesus is, means by this. Now see, the best sermons are crafted by Christ in you, by your own experience. As you live with Him, we all know this, we all can testify of this. There was something we didn't understand it, but we went to the Scriptures, we prayed about it, we asked the Lord, open this up, and what did He do? He opened it up, didn't He? He Now sometimes it will come from somebody else. It'll, it'll, somebody will speak something, and you'll think, I, I understand now. Well, what's going on? Up here, it's God working. Christ is facilitating 
our understanding by giving us the Holy Spirit. Now, what if we have the Holy Spirit, but we just never walk in the Spirit? Now, that actually sounds impossible, doesn't it? How can you have the Holy Spirit and not walk in Him? See, the Holy Spirit can be grieved, can He? He can be grieved. If we don't listen to the Holy Spirit, well, He'll be upset. Speaking as a man, He'll be grieved. True gospel preaching. There is such a thing as true gospel. In other words, the focus is on Christ. It's not on you. Uh, there's a lot of preaching today that all talks. The whole thing talks about what you were doing. You. It's all about you. But that's not what the gospel is about. The gospel is about Christ. It's about God. It's about what God has accomplished in His Son in taking away our sins and getting us ready to inhabit eternity with Him. See, that's part of the message too. He took away. Why would He take away our sins? Why would He? Wouldn't He just save the whole world? Just in one moment, just boom, no, it's done now. What good would they do? What would, what would, you, we, I can testify, I know you all can too. When you first came into Christ, you didn't have the understanding you have now. You didn't have that. So as you walked in the Spirit, as you lived for Christ, He built you up to where you had the capacity to understand more about God. <clears throat> now in, <clears throat> in the ages to come, Every single thing the Holy Spirit has revealed to you, everything you have been taught by God, you will take with you there. And now that's that's where you'll start your experience in glory with what you've been given here, what you've been trained up by Christ through the Holy Spirit to be ready to reign with Him on the other side. Now, but that doesn't mean that's where it's going to end. See, <laughs> this isn't God's nature. God's nature is just increasing and getting bigger and bigger. So you'll reign with Christ in heaven. Now, we don't know all the particulars, and we don't need to. We know one thing. We're going to reign with Christ. What does that do for you? I know what it does for me. It causes you to, to be more involved. Well, if I'm going to reign with Christ, I want to be made ready. I want to, I want to reign with Christ. Wow. Now, God does have an agenda. And I, as I think about it, you know, agenda is mostly a, uh, I guess it would be a more of a worldly word. The company, and they have this corporate agenda. They're moving towards this certain goal, and, you know, they, they hope if they can make it 75% this year, that's really good. But see, that isn't what God's doing. God's agenda is much higher than man can even possibly conceive of. He's bringing those that were once sinners they were alienated from the life that was in God. And by, by someone believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, because someone preached a message to them about what Christ has done, they're brought out of sin and put into His Son, which is exactly the place where advancement can be made. So, you start growing up into Christ. So see, but God's he, he doesn't use the word agenda. He uses the word purpose. He has an eternal purpose. So you, you can ask yourself, why, is, why does God need a whole bunch of sons? A number which no man can number. Well, I can't imagine them just sitting on a cloud and looking at each other. He's got a purpose. See, he's, gonna, he's brought them all these sons to glory so that he could execute whatever it is that's going to be good. It's God. It's from God. God is good. So, but see, in order, we, when you know this, when, when you have this in your consciousness that I'm being prepared for something bigger, greater, well then, when these temptations come, and they are going to come, every one of us is going to have, it's much easier to say, no. I'm being fitted for glory, not fitted for this domain down here. Actually, we're all on our way out anyway, right? It doesn't make any difference if you're going to heaven or not. You're on your way out the moment you're born. You're on, you get older and older. And as you get older, you get weaker and weaker. And someday, you're just gonna, this body's just gonna die. Unless the Lord comes. But see, God's working these things together for good. Now, it may not seem that way sometimes. 
But that's what faith is for. Faith is to trust that God's going to do what He promised. Not that I'm going to be good enough or, or of my own self have a lot of all this great initiative. Now, see, it's God's initiative that drives faith. The gospel of Christ is a message that must be believed, not just when we come in. Not just, you know, I heard this great sermon and somebody said, you want to come up and, you know, come forward here. And so people come forward and they, they say, do you believe Jesus is God's son? They say, yes. They baptize him and they're out the door. That's the last you see of them. Or if they come back every single Sunday for the rest of their life. If they don't grow, well, see, when something is born, we all know this, it grows, right? At least we hope it does. Because if it doesn't, it's abnormal. It's not going to live very long. If a baby doesn't grow, it's going to die. But see, the gospel is a message that has to be believed when you first believe, but it has to be believed every single day, every moment after that. It has to be believed. Jesus went everywhere preaching the good news. But see, this when you get to Matthew, you start, there's, there's something that's changed. The Old Testament spoke in a certain manner, a certain way. But here in the New Testament, the words are, are it's, like, it's, like, it's like they're filled with grace. To God's, God's opening up His true intention, you got 4,000 years. That man knew that there was a Messiah coming. God had leaked little signs about this. But here Jesus shows up. And, and he's, he's a man. And, he, and he's, but he's like no other man. This man can just command the storms to go away. He can walk on the water. He can, he can raise people from the dead. See, this, this is a man that was 100% God's man. He's working things in the earth. And, and he went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom. See, <laughs> this is, this is, you look at the rest of the scripture and, and, and it's, it's all good. It's about God. But when Jesus comes here and he walks around, he starts talking about God, all of a sudden things get clear. You can, you can actually know God because Jesus laid down his life. See, the message of the gospel didn't end with the preaching of Christ. Jesus brought, he introduced the message. So, and then he solidified it in his own death. See, he made it to where you could join in and understand and make progress into the gospel of Christ. <clears throat> the disciples had witnessed Jesus' ascension, right? They saw him go up into the clouds. But they didn't see what was going on on the other side. I mean, it, it, so some well, some of them went fishing. Some of them. You see, the thing is this: and, until and, until a person knows, until they, they they have the Holy Spirit living in them. Now, see, the apostles would have been just as obtuse as they ever were. Remember, in the boat, they thought, "Well, we didn't bring bread." They didn't have the ability to, to discern things yet. Jesus said he would send them the Holy Spirit. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that's exactly what happened. <clears throat> he gave them what the comfort that they would need, the Holy Spirit. And because they had the Holy Spirit, they could properly discern what Jesus said. <clears throat> And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Now, you know, there's times in our own life when things, when you can see, it's like the Lord's doing something, and, 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 but you're aware of it then. You can see it. Well, see, that's, that's the time to draw near, right? When you, when you can sense <clears throat> He's opening things up, I'm seeing things clear, that's the time to make progress. Push in. Something happened that day that had never happened before in the history of the world. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit came down 
and not just on men. Like remember Saul, even he prophesied with the prophets because the Holy Spirit came upon him, which is much different than the Holy Spirit being put in you. Now you have a comforter right there with you. And we all can testify that as you're moving through life, as you live for the Lord, there'll be times of trouble, but you'll have this witness inside of you. And it's testifying to you. Uh, the Lord's with you. You know, we have a testimony in us, brethren. I know you know this. It's the Holy Spirit of promise. And it, it will show you things. It will open up things to you as you seek to know the Lord and, and to walk with Him and have complications. You go to the Lord. The Holy Spirit will comfort you. He is the comforter, right? <clears throat> they were all in one accord in one place. Now that's a good... That was a good sign already, right? They were all gathered together, and, the, and, 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 and they, they had one objective. They wanted to do what Christ had sent them to do. Something happened. The Holy Spirit was poured out, but it says something specific here upon all those. See, now, all those that were there, right? Remember, they started prophesying, then they went out, and then they thought they were drunk, and Peter stands up and he tells them no. All of a sudden, Peter preaches the first gospel message about really the lucid message to people who thought they were drunk. And he stands up and he tells them what Christ accomplished. And then he pers how persuasive was that one message? Well, 3,000 people were added to the church, right? So say, when we preach, we should expect results. When we're preaching to Christ, when we're preaching what He's accomplished. See, it doesn't mean that we're going to have 3,000 people walk in the door. It means that the people that, are, that, that we speak to, if they're, if they're energized, as it were, and if they're built up in their most holy faith, then they'll be able to conquer things that yesterday they had trouble with. That's what building up is. You're stronger. You're able to do more for the Lord. <clears throat> yes. When they preached, when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, it affected them so much they were confronted with the truth mm -hmm. and specifically the truth that they had themselves crucified Christ. Mm -hmm. The one that they were supposed to believe in, they had rejected him. And not only that, he, Peter proved from the scriptures that not only did he die, but he rose. He was buried and rose again mm -hmm. I mean, from the scriptures, and that had effect that it changed their lives. Yes, amen. So that when you have the gospel preached, it has the power to change people's lives. It's mm -hmm. a transformation. That's right, amen. And that can't happen without the Holy Spirit that uh, God has given to be a comforter to help mm -hmm. us understand. The, Spiritual things to be there and guide us. Amen. Yes, Brother Martin. You made a comment earlier about the Old Testament just seems to read a little differently than the New Testament. <coughs> and, you know, that is a common thread through the Old Testament, many common threads. But uh -huh. one is the continual, steady revelation of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. the man that's going to come to earth. And, uh, and save us. And I was provoked to remember uh, Isaiah chapter 11. I'm going to read these few verses. Mm -hmm. It says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, yes. and the branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom mm -hmm. and understanding, the Spirit of counsel mm -hmm. and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding yes. in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, mm -hmm. neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor, mm -hmm. and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. Mm -hmm. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked, and righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, mm -hmm. and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. Now, this man has come. This is the difference. Mm -hmm. In the New Testament, yes. now we're hearing about this man. He yes. actually came, he stood on the earth. Amen. 
and then he died for us so that he could save us yes and now we're, we're learning about God mm -hmm. through Jesus Christ mm -hmm. in all of the Old Testament they couldn't learn from God from a man mm -hmm. but now we can yes they could only learn from God with what he's revealed mm -hmm. to his prophets now we have a continual learning of God by abiding in Christ Amen. Amen. That, that's you know that's the excitement of the new, the New Testament. Mm -hmm. yeah. Amen. 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 <clears throat> In First um, Corinthians fifteen three and four, it says, "For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received." How that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Now see, this, what He just said is outline the Gospel. This is what Christ did. He came. He was a representative of God. He, he, he did everything. He did perfect. And He, he was put to death. On a, on a, well, the worst kind of death you could possibly imagine. But He, he, he submitted to it. He died in our place now, the thing is about the gospel, it's a message, but see, once it gets in you, when you start living for God, it's, the message can be seen in you, in the way you live. Yes. You're not like you used to be. I, I've had, well, not as many as I would like, but I've had some instances where some of my family members, my, my uncle, come and said, I want to, I, I, I want to, I want to go to heaven. He says, and I've seen that you're not the same way you used to be. What happened? Oh, I didn't go, go to his house and preach the gospel to him. I didn't tell him, you know, maybe I've, you know, he, he was raised in the church. I thought he did know it. But see, he, he saw something in just your manner of living. Did the gospel, it permeates your whole person. It changes who you really are. Now, what other message do you know that can do something like that? See, that, that can you take a person that's on this road over here. They really are. They're really on their way to hell. And take them off of that road and put them on a highway where um, they can have fellowship with God, peace with God, and know that someday they're going to be in glory with Him. The gospel produces these kinds of results when it, when it is believed. Je Jesus' words... Always focused on the eternal purpose of God. Always. They were always leading a person somewhere when they heard him. And see, our lives are like that. If you're living for God, see, your life will reflect the, your journey. Because uh, I, I can tell you, you know, I, I know me better probably than anybody else in this world. There was a time when I thought religion and, 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 and the gospel was just for what you do when you're in the building. But that's not the way it is at all. Your life is a testimony of, of who you really are. And so a person may say, well, I believe in Christ, and they go out and live like the world. Well, see, this is not the way. The gospel doesn't produce that is the point. Christ working in people doesn't produce two different kinds of lifestyles. It's one. It's one. You're being made ready to dwell in eternal habitations, well, then let's, with all of our might, press in and, and give him your whole person. Of course, the gospel demands that, right? Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. And this is exactly what Jesus has done in the gospel. He's given us rest. We, we can stop trying to work out our own salvation under the law, and we can start working it out in grace and giving it to him. And he'll do the work in you. He will. Any other comments from the brethren? Brother Murray? Yeah, God told his people that he would not give them rest. They shall not enter into my rest. Yes. Here we're told we can. And we do. Yes. And we will. Amen. Amen. Yes, brother? This gospel that you're preaching is by faith, mm -hmm. believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. But it doesn't stop with the initial believing it's a mm -hmm. living by faith every day every moment yes there's not going to be a moment that we don't need faith mm -hmm. 
and people often look at it like it's just, well, I entered in and I had faith then, mm-hmm. but it's a continual faith. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Or oh, people believe that they just need the faith when they come against troubles, right? Or trials. Right. Uh-huh. The, the sense of uh, having faith even when things are going good doesn't, you know, it's unthinkable of their thinking. That's right. And they think God is there just in case we have a problem. Right. Well, the, 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 this is all uh, is an outcome of somebody not really understanding what the gospel is. Because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So, yeah, but see, this you can see the, how God's merciful. If you're serious, He's going to show you these things. He'll open them up to you to where um, He won't just be a seasonal God. <clears throat> I mean, I know some people that only go to church one time a year on Easter. That's it. Then they're done. They're, they're, they're done. They don't need to go anymore because they went that one time and they did their obligation. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that isn't. I'm so thankful that isn't the way it really is, because otherwise it's just it's just something that you believe, like the heathen they believe things like that too. Of course, the heathen are going to be gathered around a big their big festivities today, right? It's going to be delivered. The big from festivities that. today, yes. <laughs> once a year. It's going to be delivered from that. Yeah, it is because see, if every moment of every day you can have peace with God, now what would you give for that? See, what would you give up for that? Well. We've been asked to lay down our life, and he'll give us his life. All right, brother, let's have a word of prayer. Dear me, Father, we thank you today, Lord, for giving us the message of the gospel. We thank you for Christ Jesus, who is the definition, Lord, of, of what it means to walk with you. And we thank you, Lord, that he's at the right, your own right hand, and that, Father, he's sent into our hearts the Holy Spirit. Father, we ask, Lord, that, that we would... Be very tender and listen to the Holy Spirit's guidance. Father, we ask, Lord, for grace that we may serve you acceptably. We we confess that we love you and we want to see you more clearly. We want to understand more of your word because we know, Father, it impacts um, our hearts and our desires. But Father, we ask, Lord, that we would um, we would be able to, um, to to trust you to do these things. Father, we also ask for the, the food. We thank you for it. We thank you for those who have prepared it. Father, they, we ask you would give them a blessing. In your son's name, amen.